Growing up as a child, Christmas Eve was always my favorite day of the year. Why was it my favorite day of the year? Because the endless wait was almost over. Only one more sleep until I was going to get my presents. And maybe that's how the boys and girls feel tonight in Coleraine. Maybe that's how some of the parents and the adults feel tonight as well. That's okay. I'm certainly looking forward to seeing what my wife's bought me tomorrow for Christmas. Hope I'm not disappointed. But as I thought about that, I began to think back to my childhood. And I began to think to myself, what was the greatest gift? The best gift that I ever got as a child. And you know what? I couldn't remember. And I sat down, I was thinking to myself, how can you not remember, Greg? It wasn't that long ago, you're not that old. So off I went downstairs, spoke to my wife, and I asked her, do you remember what the greatest gift you got as a child? And straight away it was this, a toy kitchen. And she was able to give me so many details about this kitchen, how she played with it, all the people she served. But you know what? That gave me comfort. Give me comfort because my wife's much older than I am. And therefore, if she isn't losing her mind, then I'm certainly not losing my mind as well. It's wonderful where you find comfort in, isn't it? But as I had that conversation with my wife, I suddenly remembered what the greatest gift that I ever got was. It was 10 or 11 years old, and I got a PlayStation 2. And I remember rushing down the stairs on Christmas morning, and I was so excited to see, did I get this PlayStation? Rummaging through all my presents, but I couldn't find it. Didn't want to upset my parents. I didn't want to make them feel bad. And I thought to myself, you know what, it's okay. I'll put on a brave face. It doesn't matter if I didn't get that PlayStation. See, what I didn't know is that my mum had actually hidden the PlayStation 2 behind the sofa. And it was probably an hour later before she told me about it. And whenever I got that present, I was so excited, I couldn't wait to open it up and to play those games. Really, as a boy of 11 years old, it was the best Christmas ever. It was the greatest thing. Nothing can top it. The greatest gift. Fast forward now to 2023, and once again, we're at Christmas Eve. And if you were to ask me tonight, is that PlayStation 2 the greatest gift still that you've ever got? The answer I would give you tonight is no. Because the greatest gift that I have or will ever receive is something that I received just over eight years ago. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about the day that I trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. And in the passage we've just read tonight, Paul too is speaking about a gift that he had received. You read the final verse there with me. Very well-known words. He says, thanks be unto God. For his unspeakable gift. And what is this unspeakable gift? It's the same gift that I received just over eight years ago. It's the same gift that you've received tonight if you've trusted in the Lord as your Savior. It's Jesus Christ. And unlike any other gift that you might receive, I want to tell you tonight that the gift of Christ is the greatest gift ever. And very simply, that's what I want to consider with you here tonight in Coleraine. It's the greatest gift that you will ever receive. That's our subject tonight. The greatest gift that you will ever receive. And again, I have three very simple thoughts that I want to leave with you tonight based on this verse. First thing we'll consider tonight is the presentation of the gift. And there are two things in particular I want you to notice with respect to this presentation. Because in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 15, we have the supplier of this gift. You look at how verse 15 begins. It says, thanks be unto God. For his unspeakable gift. You see the supplier of this gift. It's none other than God the Father. 
And we see that truth further expressed in those familiar words found in John chapter 3, verse 16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, God sent his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, into the world to die for the sins of his people. And why did he do it? Because he didn't want them to perish in their sins. And if you're here tonight and you're saved, then like Paul, you can be thankful because you have already received this gift. Something every Christian ought never to lose sight of. You think about Paul here who wrote this letter. You think of the many letters that Paul has written. You study his life. And Paul never lost sight of what Christ had done. He never lost sight of the wonder that God would send his son to die for his sins. And I make that point tonight because maybe I'm speaking to somebody. Maybe you've lost sight of what Christ has done for you. I don't know what maybe difficulty, what trial you're going through tonight. Maybe you're just consumed by your current circumstances. And you've forgotten how good God has been to you. Not only did Jesus Christ come into the world. He suffered. He died. He rose again so that you and I might have eternal life. But not only that, the Lord Jesus Christ right now is in heaven. And he is interceding on your behalf. That intercession is something that is continual. It is unending. And we read about that in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25. It says, he ever liveth to make intercession for us. What does that mean? It means in those times when we are discouraged, when we are getting things difficult, when we think nobody cares about us, nobody understands what we're going through, that the Lord Jesus Christ, he cares for you and he understands everything that you're going through. And not only that, he's praying for you. Christian life, it's ups and downs, isn't it? There's times maybe you don't pray like you used to pray. Maybe you're there tonight and maybe you don't pray any, anymore at all. You can be encouraged tonight because the Lord Jesus Christ, he is praying for you. And as I think about that tonight and I apply it even to my own life, I am just so encouraged by the truth of that. To know that Christ loves me and to know that he's praying for me, he's concerned for my needs. But maybe you're here tonight and you're not saved. I want to tell you that you can receive this gift that is spoken about in 2 Corinthians. And how can you receive that gift? It's by repenting of your sin. It's by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's by trusting in him as your saviour. That's what the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead... Thou shalt be saved. It's God's guarantee tonight if you're outside of Christ. There's a supplier of this gift, but there's also the significance of that gift as well. And I think the only way that we can truly appreciate how significant this gift is, is by understanding something of God's grace toward mankind. Because when God made man, The Bible tells us he made man in his image. He made man perfect. Man was without sin. Man had the ability to be able to perfectly keep God's law. And somehow Adam and Eve, they rejected those privileges. And they turned away from the presence of God into sin. And that is true of every person that has been born into this world ever since. The Bible tells us for all have sinned. 
and come short of the glory of God. And we live in a world tonight, Lord, there's no time for God. Openly despises God, who only uses name as a curse word or to blaspheme him. And they seek to deny and to disprove his existence. And yet despite all of this, God the Father, who has the perfect knowledge of everything, he still sent his Son into this world to die. Not only did God the Father do this, but the Lord Jesus Christ, who is God, he willingly came into this world. And he knew he was going to be a social outcast. He knew he was going to be despised and rejected by his own. He knew he was going to suffer in unimaginable ways. He knew he would be nailed to a cross. He knew he would be forsaken by everybody, including his father. And yet he still came. Why did he come? He came in order to save a people who have absolutely no love for him. I'm often struck by the words that we read in 1 John 4 and verse 10. It says, herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And how else can we explain that tonight but by God's grace? God's undeserved favor toward those who are undeserving of the least of his mercies. Let me ask you a question tonight. I wonder how many of us here would send a gift to somebody that you know despises you who's no love for you, and who wants absolutely nothing to do with you, I don't think very many of us would do that. But even if you say you would do that, would you spend much money on that gift? Would you have put much thought and much effort and much time into selecting that gift? And I ask that for the simple reason that society today, they place value upon how rare or how costly a gift is. The more expensive the gift, then the more meaningful that gift is. And again, we can go back to John chapter 3 and verse 16. Because what did God give? He gave his only son in order that you might be saved. And it's only when you understand things in that way that I believe we truly see the significance of this gift of Christ Jesus. You have the presentation of the gift. The second thing I want you to see is the perfection of the gift. See, this gift is perfect because Jesus Christ is perfect. And regarding this perfection, I have three simple thoughts that I want you to see. We see first the nature of the gift here. Every gift, by its nature, it's free, isn't it? It's not something that you or I can earn. It's not something that is given with the expectation that you need to give something back in return And that's exactly how it is with Jesus Christ. Because Christ is freely offered to those tonight who have absolutely no claim over him. God doesn't expect us to give anything in return. Anything to earn this gift. We cannot do anything to earn this gift. And I make that point because there are so many people, and maybe I'm speaking to you and that's you tonight, but so many people, and they feel that in order to be saved, in order to be in heaven, they need to do something. Oh, if I'm good, and if I give enough to charity, if I become religious, if I follow a religious circle, if I become a free Presbyterian, I'm going to go to heaven. Let me tell you this tonight, free Presbyterianism does not save you. It's only salvation through a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that clearly we're not saved by works. Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 8 and 9. For by grace are ye saved through faith. 
And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Every gift by its nature is free, but it's also something that is voluntary. And we touched upon that this morning. Appropriate to bring it in again tonight, God sent his son into the world and Christ volunteered. He voluntarily offered himself in order that he might redeem sinful man. Paul reminds us and he highlights that for us in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law. What this verse is teaching us is that Christ willingly agreed to give perfect obedience to the law of God that he had never broken. Because in keeping the law, Christ didn't gain anything. In other words, he didn't require to give perfect obedience because he'd never done anything to break the law. See, Christ submitted himself voluntarily and freely in order that sinful man might be saved. What a great exchange. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. By nature a gift is free and it's voluntary, but it's also eternal. And what I mean by that is that we don't get a gift and use that gift for a while and then we give it back to the person who's given us the gift. It's ours forever. And when Christ died on the cross in order that you might be saved, that salvation that you receive, it is eternal. When Christ saves you, you're saved forever. And again, I just make that point tonight because there's so much confusion. There's so much deception around that subject. And many will tell you, and maybe you've met somebody, that if you do something wrong, then you can lose that salvation. You can be saved and then lost again. And therefore you need to make sure you do things. I need to keep doing good in order to make sure I keep saved. But again, we go back to the Bible. And what does the Bible tell us? Because the Bible is truth. You go to verses like John chapter 6 and verse 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Yes, as a believer you can lose out with God through actions, through things that you do. But you can never lose your salvation. It's eternal. You're saved forever. The nature of the gift, what about the value of this gift? Look at how Paul describes this gift in 2 Corinthians 9 and 15. He calls it unspeakable. Only time this word is used in the entire New Testament literally means something that is indescribable. And it's not indescribable in the sense that it's impossible for you and I to tell others about Christ. But what Paul is saying here is we cannot fully describe that gift. Words fail to describe everything that Christ has done. It's beyond our human ability, our human intellect to fully explain that. You see, why does Paul describe this gift as being unspeakable? It's unspeakable because of God's love that he displayed in sending his son. You're a parent tonight. You do anything for your children. The moment that child is born, you first lay eyes on that child. You don't want any harm to come to them. And we know that God certainly loved his son. 
publicly testified to that at Christ's baptism, Matthew 3, verse 17. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And yet Paul writes in Romans chapter 8 and verse 32, He spared not his own Son, but delivered him up for us all. It's God's love. It's also unspeakable because of the sufferings that Christ endured. Christ suffered in unimaginable ways for sin that was not his own. But it's also unspeakable because of the benefits that we have received through Christ's suffering. See, it's very easy to spend money on a gift and it has no practical use. I remember a few years ago getting asked by a lady in church what I was buying my wife for Christmas. I'll never forget the look on her face because I told her I was buying some tea towels, some egg poachers, and some green cutlery. And I think she thought I was joking, but I wasn't joking. See, I know my wife, and I know she likes practical gifts. And she was delighted when she opened those gifts. Well, she told me she was delighted anyway, so I'm going to take her at her word. But when God gave Christ... We gained things that were of tremendous value to us practically. We gained Christ's righteousness. And I don't want to insult anybody's intelligence, but that word righteous, what does it actually mean? It means to be in a state acceptable to God. Because in our sinful condition, the Bible tells us that all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. We mentioned it this morning. The Bible tells us that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And therefore, in order for sinful man to be in heaven, needs the righteousness of Christ. Christ gives that freely to all who trust in him. But we also gained eternal life. Romans 6 and 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He's also given the gift of faith whereby we can accept Christ. And faith is a gift. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 tells us, but without faith it is impossible to please him. We've also been adopted or brought into God's family. I think this, this evening of John chapter 1 and verse 12. As many as received him, to them give he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. In the perfection of the gift, we have the nature and the value, but what about the abundance of that gift? In other words, I want to tell you tonight that this gift alone can meet your need. Mankind being lost in sin, separated from God, and destined to spend an eternity in hell, and yet Jesus Christ, he changed everything. When he came into this world, when he went to the cross, when he died and shed his blood, he changed everything. Because through Christ's death, his people's sins have been fully paid for. God's wrath has been fully satisfied. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. But that is also great news tonight for you if you're not saved. If you've never trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I want to tell you that right now in your sin, that sin is condemning you. And that sin will condemn you to an eternity in hell if you do not trust the Lord Jesus Christ. 
But the good news is you can know forgiveness of sin. You can know peace with God and eternal life because of Jesus Christ. And when Christ saves you, he doesn't leave you then to your own devices. He continues to meet every single need. Nothing in your life that is impossible for God to meet. It was Paul's testimony to the church at Philippi. Philippians 4 verse 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I said at the beginning of this message that I have been saved just over eight years. But I don't think I will ever be able to fully grasp or appreciate the magnitude of what Christ has done for me. I say that because there are riches and blessings that await every child of God that are untold and they're unseen. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9 says, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. How amazing heaven is going to be for those who know the Lord. I have one final thing I want to leave with you tonight, and that is the possession of this gift. Really three points of application here. The accessibility of that gift. How often have you gone to buy something? It's not in stock. To make matters worse, you're told it's not going to be in again for another few months. That's not the case when it comes to the gift of Jesus Christ. Because he is always available to those who seek him. In fact, you can receive this gift of Christ right now, tonight. How can you receive it? By doing what God's word says in Romans 10 verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you might say to me tonight, well, that's great for other people. God wouldn't save me. My sin's too bad. I've committed awful things. I don't deserve to be saved. That's the wonder of salvation. That is why God's grace is so amazing. Because in reality tonight, nobody deserves to be saved. But Christ has done everything necessary in order that you might be saved. Too bad to be saved. Listen to what Christ says in Mark chapter 2 and verse 17. He says, I came not to call the righteous. Those who think they're good. But I came to call sinners to repentance. The accessibility of the gift then is the durability of the gift. How many of you ever have bought a gift or gotten a gift at Christmas and by New Year that gift's bro- broken? Most toys are mass produced. Cheapest materials possible. Break very easily. But it's also true regarding what you may call a luxury or an expensive gift. Because eventually they're going to decay and they're going to fade away over time. But you compare those gifts to this unspeakable gift that God gives. And we must see that God's gift is far superior. Something that will never decay. Something that will never fade away. Mentioned it earlier, God's gift is eternal. Don't take my word for that. What does Christ say? John chapter 10 verse 28. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. And whenever you understand that verse, you will see tonight 
Nobody will be able to take your salvation away, that gift of Christ. And whether you're saved tonight for four weeks, four months, 40 years, you are equally secure in Christ tonight. Very quickly, there's one thing I want to leave you with, and that is the responsibility of this gift. What I mean tonight is that by having sent his son into the world, having offered his unspeakable gift, God expects that you would receive this gift. Jesus Christ paid with his life in order that you might be saved. The Bible tells us that one day all will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And if you die in your sin, rejecting Jesus Christ, when you stand before the Lord on that day, you will not be able to offer any excuses as to why you did not accept this gift because you have heard about this gift tonight. As I finish this evening, I simply want to leave this question with you. Have you received the gift? Do you know the Savior tonight in a personal way? Or are the gifts of the world more important to you? I came across an expression this week. I think it's very accurate in describing much of the world today. It says you can't receive this gift if your hands are full of the world. And so many people have their hands full of the gift of this world that they forget about the world that is above. Particularly true this time of year. Many children, many adults are looking forward to getting their gifts. And again, I'm looking forward to getting my gifts. I love Christmas. I love getting together with family. But sadly, the commercial side of Christmas can sometimes take over. And at times we don't make room for Christ. You might wake up tomorrow morning, and I trust and pray it wouldn't happen. But you might be disappointed. Because you didn't get the gift that you had asked for. But with Christ, that will never happen because he will never disappoint you. And he will never let you down. And he will continue to satisfy every single need that you have. But you need to come to him first in order to receive it. To be beneficiaries of these things. This Christmas Eve in 2023, why not receive an early gift tonight? the greatest gift that has ever been given. It's the gift of Christ in whom there is forgiveness of sin and there's eternal life in heaven. I trust if you know that Christ tonight that you'll even ask him into your heart and if I can help you anyway, come and speak to me please. But don't leave tonight without knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal saviour. I just want to sing our closing hymn. Just maybe sing a few verses of it.